Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. In the name of Jesus Christ, may this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, phobia, depression, destruction, stagnancy, ignorance, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to guide it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. You may be seated. Allow me to pass on a greeting from our Apostle Arkady. I will try to pass it on in the format of the truth that God has allowed us to read and we will make the possession of our own heart and the renewal of our mind and, of course, uh, elements of our prayer. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness. And the name of the sermon, the right to the power or to the anointing to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life as we see for this it is necessary to have anointing or the the right to that power that anointing to fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of apostle paul and presented to us in the series of sermons of apostle arkady we need to put three destiny impacting commanding and fundamental acts into practice they uh, pass on as a red string from the book of Genesis all the way through Revelations and these are put off, be renewed and put on. These three acts fulfilling these th three destiny impacting, commanding and fundamental requirements will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath or more specifically will our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a seed. In what seed? The seed that identifies the deposit of our justification in the given to us salvation where we need to turn the three above mentioned acts into profit within the death, within the death of the Lord Jesus <clears throat> and for what reason so that we can obtain it as a possession of our own in the format of the fruit of righteousness if this will not happen we will lose forever our justification that is given to us in the format of a deposit. 
here we see that these three verbs, put off, be renewed, and put on, allows us to receive salvation as a possession. And if we don't receive it as a possession, it will be lost to us. We can't speak of salvation or the gospel of the kingdom without these three acts, put off, put off be renewed, and put on. And now you may ask the question, what denominations or churches preach about this? And then make a, a quite fearful conclusion that not many. The disciples asked Christ, are there few that are saved? He said, you need to put off your old man, renew your mind, and put on the new self. Strive to enter through the narrow gate, he said. And this is what our apostle today, our pastor, explains to us today. We need to receive as a possession what we have received in salvation in the format of a seed. How do we receive it as a possession? When this seed is converted into fruit. <clears throat> For example, we receive a seed of an apple. And so what we do is we plant it and then we grow it so that we can produce or bear much fruit to him. <clears throat> Relevant to this, we stopped to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, which reveals the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High, getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David, consisting of the eight names of God, allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so that he can be saved from his enemies. And God, getting to know and confessing the truth that opens up the power of his names within the heart of David, provided God with the legitimate basis to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names to battle against the enemies of David. And so studying all of the names of God, we study them to show that we love God and we call upon him so that we can activate the power that is contained in these names against our mutual enemies. There, this is, of course, the wicked one that's within us, the evil one. And the Lord wants our body to be freed from the lawless and the wicked, and of course then the devil as well, and his angels, they are included uh, in the group of our enemies. Psalm 18, 1 through 4, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Let us confirm these eight names by proclaiming them upon this holy place. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation, and Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear these words, and may he establish them in our heart, and may he make us grounded and immovable in hope. In a specific format, as much as the Lord has allowed in our prayer service, 
services and according to the measure of our faith we already looked at our inherited lot in the qualities and promises contained in the strength of God Most High. And therefore we will immediately begin studying our lot, studying the qualities contained in the name of God Most High Rock, which in its inner essence and in its nature has an unearthly quality of hardness which is inherent to the nature of our Heavenly Father and is beyond the simple comprehension of the typical human mind of man. In scripture, the identification of the word rock in regards to the natural quality of God Most High is illustrated with the following tense. Rock is resistant, strong, healthy, wise, tested, rooted, well-established, immovable, continuous, non-diminishing, constant, fearless, non-penetrating, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. This speaks of a person who has a strong spirit and here is how the quality of the word rock when it comes to the name of God Most High identifies itself in scripture rock is a stone cliff heaviness weights weight and scales and so we see in what way these names are or these qualities are are linked or united the Lord is the chief cornerstone. It is Him who is our rock upon which we trust. It is the Lord because of His scales, His commandments, His statutes. He weighs us. <clears throat> and when He weighs us and we collaborate with these names, we become then tested, rooted, well-established, filled with the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit. When we collaborate with His names, we see God collaborates with us so that within us He can uh, produce these characteristics, bring forth these characteristics. Uh, when we say, Lord, you are my rock, and the one uh, that's strong in spirit, you keep in perfect peace, you pray. I want, Lord, you to possess your qualities. Therefore, the power of the name of God, Rock, contains the ability of the Most High to judge or weigh upon the scale plates of justice all that is created by him to punish or reward each one according to their weight. Therefore, to possess the power of the Most High contained in the rock of his name is to possess the authority and right to judge both yourself as well as those people which are under your responsibility. To judge within the parameters of the commandments and statutes of the Lord or to weigh your words and your actions upon the scale plates of justice of the Most High, as well as the words and the actions of the people that are under our responsibility. And so we weigh ourselves, as well as all those that are under our responsibility upon these scale plates of justice. And we do this when it is first the Lord that weighs us, and then we together with Him need to weigh ourselves. How do we... Uh, look, when, when we look at Isaiah, he speaks of the fact that islands are just like a droplet, like a small speck of dust. And so, he says that I have drawn the waters and in us, he wants to uh, draw these waters, these revelations, the truth that are in our heart. And I want to weigh 
I need to measure uh, with the fivefold service also within the fivefold service or according to them what is in you. I also want to test humility within you and I want to test and weigh upon my scales other components as well such as the mountains of God, the hills of God. These are places where God makes a covenant and these are places where God gives us promises and how we uh, keep these promises. God uh, measures everything. He did Job, Abraham, and he'll measure us also uh, with his own measurements, with his own hand. He will measure us and and he will measure according to uh, his revelations, our, our depths, our heights, our width, he will do all of this using his hand. He will use it uh, looking at his preached word, his mes- his message that he sends through his messengers. And the messenger himself is the one that is delegated from God and who is a father from God. What is one that is a father from God? Not all apostles are fathers. Being a father... Being an apostle means you have the teaching. I I can be an apostle, but I'm a water. But there's one that doesn't just uh, read as a water would, but one who writes and then reads and passes it on. He This is one who is a father. And the Lord says, using my hand, using my person and the word that he passes on, I will measure and weigh you and using this word we will measure and weigh ourselves so that we have the proper weights the proper uh, measurements and scales and so as you know uh, if uh, there are weights a person would carry them with him and so when he would go and purchase something. He would weigh or or compare the weight to make sure that the weights are are, are the the accurate uh, weights, and so that it not be uh, inconsistent or it not be inaccurate. And so how? And so as we need to be girded, we need to carry these proper weights. We also need to have uh, have this inside of us. And so one that does not have equal measures, does not have proper weights or equal weights is one that is an abomination before God and sins before God. And when we have these weights within us, upon us, that means we have a renewed mind with the truth. And this is renewed by the truth that we have received from the messenger who is a part of the fivefold service. This is not just uh, a prophet or a teacher, but specifically God's someone who's delegated from God. Apostle Paul was a hand of God that had uh, five services that, or five forms of service. And so God's apostle needs to have also all, all five of the five, five-fold service, all five of these individual forms of service. He needs to do, He needs to have in himself as well. So we need to have, again, accurate weights, not uh, inaccurate or inconsistent weights. 
and to master and clothe yourself into the unearthly quality of a rock contained in the name of God Most High, which quenches our hunger and thirst and brings us to power over our calling, it is necessary for us to study four classical questions. What in its essence is the name of God rock consisting in the qualities of the rock of the name of God Most High? Second, what purpose in our prayers is the quality of his name rock called to fulfill, obtained by us in the power of the rock of the name of God Most High? Third, what price do we need to pay to clothe, to be clothed into the quality of his name rock contained in the rock of the name of God Most High? And by what results do we need to judge that we truly possess the virtue of his name rock consisting in the power of the rock of the name of God Most High? In a specific format, according to the measure of our faith, we already studied the first question. What, in essence, is the name of God rock consisting in the power of the rock of the name of God Most High? And stopped to study the second question. What purpose in our prayers is the quality of His name rock called to fulfill, obtained by us in the power of the rock of the name of God Most High? And we have already passed a few of them or have been through a few of the purposes and we'll continue on to the next ones as soon as we list the ones we've, we've already studied. First purpose of the rock of God abiding in our heart is called to establish us in the love of God so that we can be filled with all of the fullness of God. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. <clears throat> to, be, uh, <clears throat> to be filled with the fullness of God Most High, to be able to uh, collaborate with this name Rock, we will be filled with the fullness of God. And the condition is we need to put the Word of God above all other things as God has exalted His a word above all his names and all of the names of God they serve God's word and are a servant of God's word are subject to it and so God sees everything and but he only looks at the things he wants to see God hears everything but he hears only what he wants to a sinner he does not hear he can do everything but he does everything that's in his word and all the names of God Most High, uh, they serve God's Word. And so when the Word is above all things and we comprehend, we possess, we comprehend the Word, we, 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 we learn it. Second purpose of the rock of God abiding in our heart is called to make, make up our stronghold in God with its qualities. Psalm 71, 3, Be my strong refuge, to which I may resort continually. You have given the commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Psalm 71, 3. Here the Lord says that He is our strong refuge. He is our rock and our strong refuge, and we need to hide in the strong refuge. The Lord will never allow us to hide in His name, rock, if we are harboring a deceit. 
and so harboring our old man or the 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 flesh it doesn't want to go to uh, uh, go on the cross to be able to break your marital union with your old man you need to die you need to die for this husband and so as it's written in scripture as while the husband lives the wife is bound to her husband but if he dies the old man the husband she becomes free from the obligation and he tells them brothers you know this that's why we uh, unite with Christ we in the death unite with then with Christ the soul is afraid of death because it needs to pass an experience the the flesh experiences what the old man does and but the soul rises in a new form it resurrects in the resurrection of Christ the old man he does not rise the wicked will never be able to rise they uh, die and they don't rise again but the soul is righteous the Lord purchased our our, our soul our spirit soul and body and he uh, being and now being with our righteous soul we submerge into death and it's written that the righteous will rise again but the wicked will 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 fall and not rise again and so it is necessary for us to not harbor deceit or the old man and also our intellect that has not been uh, passed through through the death of Christ or experienced it we need to call forth God's judgment and we need to uh, pretty much find all these places and fill them with the Lord's words third purpose of the rock of God abiding within our heart is called to make itself known in our ability to stand in liberty which Christ has given us and not be again entangled with a yoke of bondage Galatians 5 1 stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage so the liberty of which it's speaking is it's not talking about uh, liberty from complexities maybe and so uh, this doesn't refer to those things uh, you need to have specific boundaries and limits and that's normal and these are the commandments that teach you how to and so the liberty of Christ is not liberty from uh, uh, it's not liberty from discipline it's actually an absolute discipline to the word and this is a, a reverent uh, a, a reverence toward the word of God in, in song and prayer as well as in sermons and the liberty of Christ is present in all of these we have many people here and we have different types of character but we're all l- listening to the word we're sitting here and what does this mean because we're in liberty in the liberty of Christ we're free from our own personal opinions uh, and are reverent toward the word that we hear and we do this so it can become our own possession. Fourth purpose of the rock of God abiding within our heart is called to make our bow strong against those who have bitterly grieved us and shot at us and hate us to give us in the name of Joseph faithful blessings which surpass the blessings of the ancient mountains and pleasant everlasting hills. 
Genesis 49, 22-24, Joseph is a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow by a well. His branches run over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. That is his brothers. But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. And we see in this bow that hope, the word of God that's in our heart, and the arrows are those words that we confess the faith of our heart. <clears throat> His bow remains strong in strength. It's strong in hope. And we see that Joseph obtained all of his brothers. And we also need to make our bow strong. Why were the brothers against him? <clears throat> Ten brothers against, uh, we could say two, uh, Joseph and, and Benjamin. These were sons of Rachel and the rest from the other. And they represented the law, ten brothers. And the law will uh, resist and... And so our soul will be resisting while we're under the law. And this being under the law is being in spiritual infancy. And this means we're under the guard of the law. And this conflict will remain within us. We live in continual conflict until we live, leave this spiritual infancy. Uh, we will continue to have it. Someone will always have a conflict with our new person. Service of justification will be together with the service of condemnation, but victory, of course, uh, the 12 patriarchs prevail together. Why? Because Joseph, uh, his bow remained in strength. His hope upon the word, which he confessed with his mouth, his gentle mouth. Fifth purpose of the rock of God abiding in the heart of man is called to give a person the power to the right to scale the city of the mighty and bring down the trusted stronghold. Proverbs 21, 22, a wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted stronghold. And here, the, uh, the wise man is our spirit that needs to scale the city of the mighty and take the stronghold that they trust upon. The stronghold that they trust upon is the law, because the law it doesn't just uh, reveal or discover sin, but also gives it power once it discovers it. As soon as the devil uh, realized he sinned, he provoked the old person, the, per the person to do evil. He knew he was speaking to carnal men, and so that's why he approached them and uh, convinced them to, to do a lawless act. And, and he did it simply by just turning their eyes to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and convincing them they'll become as God. Why did he draw the eyes, uh, their eyes or move their eyes to the tree, other tree? And so the law gives power to sin. When a person is in, in a carnal state, And so the teaching, with the teaching, we can destroy the handwriting of requirements that were against us. We can take the, the sword of Goliath and use it against him himself, remove his head with it. 
and so we can use it the law and use it against itself uh, eliminate this handwriting of requirements that was contrary to us and so the pa our pastor uh, recommends that we confess or proclaim the not existent as existent why so that we stop being in conflict with the word of god and how does this how does this stop the old man uh, he isn't he is in this situation because the the word of god uh, condemns him and so the uh the the old man he wants you to be his servant and not the servant of god and he wants to be a slave of sin and so we need to understand that this is a good thing it's a good thing that this is happening that we've seen the old man and what he's doing and these, this is said not to make you afraid, but so that you overcome and and be victorious. The Lord gives us the ability to destroy the strength of the old man, and he wanted to keep us in slavery, but we, using the very word that uh, when we die for our nation, the house of our father, and for our corrupt desires, the word that threatened us it is what is used then to destroy him himself the old man through the law I died for the law sixth purpose of the rock of God abiding in the heart of man is called to train our hands for war and our fingers for battle against the organized powers of darkness both within our body as well as out of our body Psalm 144, 1 through 8. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, who subdues my people under me. Stretch out your hand from above, rescue me and deliver me out of great waters from the hand of foreigners, whose mouth speaks lying words and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. In the given purse phrase, David blesses the Lord as his rock, for subduing the people under him as the Lord has placed him over them and because God saved him from the sons of foreigners subduing the people under us and saving us from the sons of foreigners living amongst our nation can only occur by the rock of the Lord from which our hands need to be trained for war and our fingers need to be trained for battle like David we need to weigh and measure every one of our words <clears throat> and every one of our acts while fulfilling our calling according to the statutes and regulations abiding within our heart which we have previously received by being instructed in faith as kings who are anointed to rule we first need to see our nation and the foreigners that are amongst our nation within our own personal body and let us look at these examples the first example, David, who is anointed to rule over Israel. This is our new person, anointed to rule over our body, who has been grown into full measure of growth in Christ. 
the etymology of the word Israel with all of its examples is a warrior in prayer. Our new person that has been grown into full measure of growth in Christ, anointed to rule within our personal body, where worship in spirit and in truth is to happen. The symbol of our nation, whom we are called to subdue, to our new person so that it worships God in spirit and in truth. This is the reasonable abilities of our soul that have been lost or died in the death of the Lord Jesus and uh, risen again in the resurrection of Christ. And these are also the members of our body given as slaves of righteousness. And so the nation is our soul with its emotions, with its reasonable, reasonable abilities. And so all of these uh, uh, qualities, all of the are the members of our body that we are to uh, make slaves of righteousness. It's not talking about physical people that that you need to be doing this. This is talking about your own personal self and the members of your own body, your personal body. We have only the right uh, over the nations that are within our own essence or people. You'll never see that our pastor spoke with a controlling spirit. I also do everything in my power not to do this. I mean, there have been maybe some accidents, but there's, I don't, uh, in, in any forceful way, or try to control. Uh, he's a wonderful uh, example, an example, uh, David, who, to whom God uh, subdu- subdued the nations. Not uh, as you could see sometimes when someone's trying to uh, expect you to speak to them in some certain way or behave in a specific way. Um, that's not correct. Uh, we have the responsibility over ourselves and with what's inside of us. The symbol of the foreigners living amongst our nation whom we are called to destroy within the boundaries of our body so that we can worship God in spirit and in truth are the corrupt desires that come from the inner essence of the old man who lives within our body, who is the programmable uh, system of the fallen cherubim. And so the foreigners, these are these corrupt desires. And these are not just desires of lust, desire, also is in a religious, uh, as a religious spirit, uh, sending or going somewhere where God has not uh, sent us, doing things God has not called us to do. These are also corrupt desires of the soul. And these also, these also demonstrate themselves in a form of lust. The symbol of our hands that are called to uh, be trained for battle to destroy the foreigners that are in our body, this is a symbol of the faith of God uh, abiding in our heart, which we have received uh, from the preached word we've heard about the kingdom of heaven. The symbol of our fingers that are called to be to be trained for battle, 
to be able to cap take captive and then destroy the foreigners living in our body is the rod of our mouth that confesses the faith of God abiding within our heart where we count ourselves dead to sin living for God proclaiming the not existent as existent and so the hand is the revelation that is not just in our mind but also in our heart and the fingers are is our gentle mouth that confesses the faith of our heart and this was the sixth purpose and now let's turn to the seventh purpose of the rock of God it is called to be a solid foundation within our heart which stands having the seal the Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who name who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity second Timothy 219 nevertheless the solid foundation of God stands having this seal the Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity a seal is a tool used uh, to be able to put a mark on paper uh, and other uh, items as well and so a seal always leaves its its uh, mark and it's typically something that identifies its its owner and so God's seal upon in the heart of a person upon his forehead and uh, upon his hand as well testifies of confirmation that this person is God's belonging and his holy one a seal and mark of the Antichrist in the heart upon his forehead upon his hand is a confirmation that this person is uh, uh, belongs to the devil and so one who represents the Antichrist as one it, it are people that were with us but then came out from us and created their own gatherings their own churches and the scriptures describe them as the synagogue of Satan 1 John 2 18 19 little children it is the last hour so in the time was written this was the last hour for them and so the reason it is saying it this or stating it this way is because the time is within the hands of the father saying little children it is the last hour and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that is the last hour they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would have continued with us but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us and so antichrists are people that are not ours and it's not talking about ours as members within uh, our physical church here but those that acknowledge God's order But those that are not of us are those who acknowledge disorder, rebellion, or a synagogue of Satan. The seal of God identifying a strong foundation or firm foundation, and where it says that the Lord has known his own, testifies that the one that has this seal is uh, God's belonging and God's holy person. The phrase that may each one depart from unrighteousness each one that confesses the name of the Lord is addressed to the carriers of God's seal indicating the fact that 
they have the right to the power to confess the name of the Lord and to depart from iniquity and to approach righteousness or come to righteousness can be done in Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 30, 21, 22. To depart from iniquity. And so we need to determine if we've departed from iniquity, then we need to uh, go to what? Or what do we need to approach? Or what do we need to come to? Their, no their nobles shall come from among them, and their governor shall come from their midst. Then I will cause him to draw near. He will cause me to draw near, and he shall approach me. For who is this who pledges his heart to approach me, says the Lord? You shall be my people, and I will be your God. To draw near to God is to know God, identify with God, be united with God as one, become a partaker of the essence of God, be clothed into the power of the name of God, abide and be deluded in the truth of the word of the Lord, prepare your heart to listen to the preached word, revere and tremble before the preached word, humble yourself before the preached word, be ready to immediately fulfill the word that is heard, exalt the received word in your heart, pursue the goal that is placed by God, to study and meditate about the goals that are placed by God, not deviate from the goal placed by God, fight for the goals placed by God, achieve the goal placed by God, be nourished by the goals placed by God, live by the goals placed by God, rejoice about the goals placed by God, not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoice in the truth, love righteousness and hate lawlessness, trample upon the wicked and lawless as dust in the street, to praise and glorify the judgments and works of God, trust God, rely upon God, hope upon God, confess the name of the Lord. This is what it means to approach God. When a person approaches God, he approaches Him, uh, the, all these things happen, and this person who approaches God, he begins to confess, he begins to pray. The scriptures say, he shall approach me. Because how can a person just himself dare to approach God? But he says, he will approach me. And so to draw near to God, uh, so that you can communicate with him, Need to stretch, he needs to stretch out his golden scepter to us. And for that to happen, we need to study what it means, means to approach him, uh, what kind of dedication is required that is accompanied by sanctification. So when we approach God, to we confess the name of the Lord, and to confess the name of the Lord is to receive the right to the power to draw near to God in Jesus Christ or know God in Jesus Christ as he has known us in Jesus Christ before we came from the womb or before the foundation of the world. Jeremiah 1.4.5 Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And so, as he prepared Jeremiah so that he could stand before the Lord, there was a, prof, a process. What does it mean to depart from iniquity? 
to depart from iniquity is to depart from people who are carriers of of wickedness a more expanded uh, uh, list of definitions of departing from iniquity is to first leave spiritual infancy depart from iniquity is to cast the old man off of yourself to sanctify yourself or separate yourself from what is unclean to deny or reject your nation to to deny or reject the house of your father to deny or reject the corrupt desires of your soul not communicate with people who only have the look of godliness not communicate with evil company not support wicked and lawless men not support questionable groups or unions avoid all fellowships with wicked and lawless men not get into conflict or quarreling hate with a complete hatred those who betray or depart from the faith not love the world or what is in the world this is what it means to depart from iniquity practically to depart from iniquity means to sanctify yourself so that you can receive the right to the power to dedicate yourself to God so that you can approach God and in this way then receive the right to the power to get to know God so that you can confess the name of the Lord and so we have now studied the first two questions now let's go to the third question the price we identified it what rock is the purpose of of the rock and now the price that is necessary to be paid to possess the right to clothe our spirit into the virtue of the rock of the Lord so that God can receive the legitimate grounds he needs to keep us in his perfect peace Isaiah 26 3 you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you the price of the first condition that we will be studying today that when fulfilled close our spirit into the rock of the Lord that we will pay attention to is planting yourself in the house of the Lord to be able to possess a, a strong spirit we need to plant ourselves into God's perfect peace Psalm 92 12 through 15 the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God they shall still bear <coughs> fruit in old age they shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him <coughs> question what criteria identifies the house of the Lord in scripture the house of God we need to identify what the house of the Lord is so that we can differentiate from the house of Satan <clears throat> because we need to plant ourselves into the house of the Lord the criteria identifying the house of the Lord in scripture the house of God in which God abides and it, it is also the place of his rest exists simultaneously in three dimensions that are diluted in one the other interconnect with one another and certify or authenticate one the other first this is the height of the heavens second the temple in the form of the body of Christ and third the body of Christ having a broken and contrite spirit as a 57 15 for thus is the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity whose name is holy I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble 
and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. If you paid attention, specifically the body of an individual person that has an organic membership to the body of Christ, is the house of God, the throne of God, and the place of God's peace, where we're called to plant ourselves so that our spirit would be able to possess God, uh, the quality of, of God's rock. Where is God's house? It consists of the body of people who are or an organic membership of the body of Christ. And so the body of Christ consists of God's saints. Isaiah 66, 1, 2. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made and all these things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Where does the Lord desire to live, to abide? And so we typically have specific uh, expectations, even the most simple and normal expectations. Uh, if we're renting, uh, that we rent from someone who is decent, that it's in a decent area, <clears throat> and maybe possibly even closer to the church, closer to the saints. And so the Lord, He, when He look, looks for His house, He looks for in His saints. He has a specific requirement expectation and so for God to magnify his word above all his names he needed to he needed the body of a specific person that is a particular of the body of Christ that would be able to be his temple Psalm 138 2 I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth for you have magnified your word above all your name the temple is a place of worshiping God where a person with a humble and contrite spirit and who trembles before the preached word of truth receives the right to the power to proclaim that the Lord is righteous, my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 Oh, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. According to the above-mentioned place of Scripture, the house of God, where the righteous is planted, is the body of a person that is righteous, where the stronghold of death is destroyed, and in it the stronghold of life is erected, upon the condition that this person has an organic membership to the body of Christ, the chosen by God remnant by God remnant. And so what is the house of God? We have identified God's house consists of saints that are humble, that have a contrite, contrite spirit and who trembles at God's word. And when you say, Lord, I will worship before your holy temple and the temple where you've magnified your word, our body is the temple. It doesn't mean that our body is a temple that we and we worship our temple. We're talking about the body of Christ, <laughs> and and we're talking about the body as a whole. And so, in other words, when my body uh, as a temple is 
corresponding to the temple of God uh, as the as the journal temple of God the requirements and his conditions it, they correspond they, they satisfy those requirements the next question how to differentiate the house of the Lord from an idle house which is the synagogue of Satan and how do we differentiate the worshippers of God from idol worshippers what are the differences the house of the Lord consists of people who fear God who love the truth and who stand for the truth in the liberty of Christ this is where we need to plant ourselves root ourselves the synagogue of Satan consists of people who have turned away from the truth and started believing fables which is why they have left their church and have chosen teachers for themselves who can deceive their uncircumcised ear. 2 Timothy 4.3.4 For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. The democratic structure, when they elect uh, uh, for themselves uh, teachers it resists God's order uh, and is contrary to the order of theocracy God's order in the body of Christ Apostle John uh, as a revelation from the Holy Spirit calls people that have resisted the order of the body of Christ and who have left their church antichrists or haters of Christ 1 John 2, 18, 19, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. David, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, differentiates the atmosphere of the house of the Lord from the atmosphere of the synagogue of Satan where they worshiping Satan were trusting or thinking convinced they were convinced that they were worshiping God <clears throat> and so sometimes of course there are certain uh, religions that have temples that are very dark very very black very uh, blo blocked out and you could tell immediately what who, who, who the worshiping that uh, that takes place in this church belongs to, or wh who it's directed toward? Uh, but even uh, buildings that may be beautiful and crystallized uh, can be, uh, or or have crystal uh, windows and other beautiful things can also be uh, synago synagogues of Satan. Psalm one one through six. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its, in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. And so there is a specific uh, requirement. Each tree that is planted in any place will never by itself be able to 
leave its place that it's been rooted in and planted in if somebody else does not uh, uproot it or remove it. And so only it can be removed or uprooted if the Lord has planted it. Uh, for example, if it'll be uh, either removed or it's uprooted, it's either because the Lord had planted it and then it's uprooted, or if it's not bearing or producing good fruits. And so as we know, these that are of evil root themselves into evil these are people that may have grown were growing together with his righteous but then abandoned and turned evil when they resist God's order and when they do this uh, the Lord um, as you know there's a place in scripture that talks about the Lord uh, has hated them from the times of old from, from the very beginning and so these are those that are uh, trees that the Lord did not plant and need to be uprooted and so people that have that do not acknowledge his order whom the Lord did not plant even though they were amongst us for years maybe even and so in this situation where it's these kinds of individuals it is not them who abandon the church or the house of God it is because they are uprooted from here These are supernatural things that take place. Matthew 15, 12 through 14. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? They were pretty much, it was a, Jesus was a stumbling block to them. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone, they are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. And so Pharisees, these are people uh, that were very uh, zealous, you could say. The, the Sadducees, they were not as the Pharisees, but the Pharisees themselves were uh, very, very strict and following the law. They, they were very religious. They were very, very zealous. There was an understanding even in Israel at the time that Abraham would be one that saved and another will definitely be a Pharisee. Because they did everything to follow the law. They zealously followed the written law. But what was happening is these Pharisees were persecuting the church. And as you know, uh, in the case of Apostle Paul, the Lord had stopped him from this. And he, because he realized he was very obedient to God. He, he was. He was. Uh, he was Saul and then Paul. Uh, so he was one that was very zealous, just like his Pharisees, as he was raised as a Pharisee, um, and how zealously he was serving. And the Lord uh, had to stop him in his tracks because of his uh, zealous nature. He had to stop him in his tracks. Uh, 
so that he can uh, change his focus and to change what he was doing or stop him from doing what he was doing. If you remember the case where Jesus was talking about uh, if they don't eat, if people will not eat his body and drink his blood, many uh, became, uh, didn't like what he was saying and uh, left him. And it was because they did not uh, understand what he was saying or, or did not care to understand the, the significance or the detail, the specifics of what he was meaning when he was saying these things. Matthew 3, 7 through 10. But when John the Baptist saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, You have Abraham as your father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. By whom and in what way is the righteous planted in the house of the Lord? And what conditions need to be fulfilled to be planted in the house of the Lord? First, you need to have the virtue of right of a righteous person. And to have this virtue of a righteous person, you need to receive justification. And this is done by listening to the preached word uh, and understanding the deeds that were done to be able to redeem a person. Romans 3, 24 through 26, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God set forth as a uh, that God has set as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Romans 3 24 through 26 and so looking at this we need to understand that justification that are received by us freely by the grace of God in the redemption of Jesus Christ <clears throat> is the state in where God does not account sin to us that were done previously. Now all the things that are things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not in putting their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5.18.19 And so as we know in the case where uh, the Lord, uh, our pastor prays over us when we repent and we need to repeat after him so that we can be justified we need to receive this justification and repeat after him to be able to be justified. Only when we receive uh, justification upon his conditions the Lord has the ability to plant us in his house in the form of a good tree at his uh, at his at his river or at the, at, at the saying at the bank of his river so we can produce then fruits of righteousness considering that every good deed of God that is done by through a person which he by the means of uh, his foreknowing this person and choosing this person he clothes him into the power of a of of, of his messenger his delegated one <clears throat> Acts 11 13 14 and he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him send men to Joppa and call for Simon whose surname is Peter 
who will tell you words by which you and your household will be saved. <clears throat> and so he was uh, trying to seek or trying to get justification and righteousness, but the angel told him, you cannot uh, receive justification or righteousness alone or by yourself. You need to go call for Peter. You need to call for Simon, who is Peter. Go, go to him and he will tell you the words that you need so that you can be saved. So God, as the planter, through a person who uh, is empowered to plant, would be able to plant us in his house. <clears throat> we need to prepare the soil of our heart to listen to the preached word of the truth, the truth we hear in his house. Ecclesiastes 5.1 Walk prudently when you go into the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they do evil. <clears throat> and the reason is because you need to not uh, a person is not to uh, make conclusions with his own mind but prepare his heart to hear the word. And so, again, we receive his word, and we need to receive it from someone, these words of salvation, and we confess it together with him. You can receive uh, only from the Lord and not just take from the Lord as uh, at will. The next step, or the, let's look at the uh, final criteria. What criteria do we need to examine ourselves or by what criteria do we need to examine ourselves as to whether we are planted in the house of the Lord or how much is the fruit of our faith corresponding to the requirements of the fruits of the faith of God so that we understand the phrase uh, how a righteous needs to be planted in the house of the Lord which would give him the ability to be uh, to flourish in the house of the Lord and be fresh and flourishing. Let us look at these uh, these words that were used. The word "old age." They, in their old age, will be will be flourishing and and fresh. It identifies the virtue of the righteous. And in Hebrew, the word means gray-haired or a wise heart. This is when a person is 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 fresh, and this is a wise heart, symbolic of a wise heart. And so, with old age. Wisdom needs to come, but in many people, unfortunately, this does not happen. And so when old age comes, or a gray head, you form uh, a person with, with wisdom. It's rare to find. And so only uh, in the church you will find people with this wise heart. And so a person with a wise heart is able to hear the word of God, accept the word of God, and thank God for the word that is given. This is a wise person. The word fruitful identifies the ability of the righteous to produce the fruits of life, which means to increase or expand your lot. We expand our lot, we comprehend his depth, his width, his height, and we uh, obtain the character of Christ. The word flourishing identifies the ability of the righteous to produce rich fruits or to be rich in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
This is them being flourishing. Our bones need to be filled with the Lord's oil. Today, many uh, in the in the Orthodox churches they worship uh, the bones of saints. There are also uh, an example of uh, certain Orthodox that and there are monks that uh, in Greece uh, and other and other and so they. Uh, they pretty much they a per, when 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 this monk passes away they uh, bury him as soon as possible they soak him and then they pr- bury him as soon as possible so that he can uh, the decay process would go faster and then they take out the bones and if a person has white bones this is one that was not dedicated this was one who was not saturated with, saturated with oil he had the look of godliness but if the bones are darker a more olive color then these are ones that we need to we can worship they consider because this means that his this holy life has been uh, is now manifesting in his bones that he that this person lived this holy this is the the way that they determine whether they can worship the bones of a monk or a holy person that they consider. And so if you imagine the kind of things that people do and 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 come to, when it's talking about being flourishing, it's talking about a very different type of flourishing, being rich with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and not what color bones a person may have. The word fresh identifies the ability of the righteous to have ample leaves, have a lot of foliage, and have lots of branches and serve as a shade from the heat. Summarizing these identifications, studying the given phrase, we come to the conclusion or to the following uh, version that possessors of a wise heart in which the Thummim and Urim live become strong in spirit due to the fact that they receive within their spirit the ability to produce the fruits of righteousness, where they, by the law of the spirit of life abiding in their spirit, destroy the stronghold of death within their body, and in its place they erect the stronghold of life, and in this way expand their lot uh, for their body, due to which they become able to serve as a shade from the heat for those people who are under their responsibility. May the Lord give us mercy may, so we could possess all of these virtues in our life and that we be for one another this shade and would be able to create such a, a wonderful oasis so that we can be uh, content in our fellowship with one another. It is necessary to be His plant. Uh, may the Lord bless us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for this wonderful privilege to be in this place, to be upon this place, the place where you have put a remembrance of your name, and we proclaim this remembrance of your name upon this place, because you are our strength, you are our rock, you are our stronghold, you are our deliverer, 
You are the rock of our salvation. You are shield and the horn of salvation. You are our stronghold into which we run and our refuge. Let us be rooted and established in your love and comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth and height and to comprehend the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ. Allow us today to be filled with all of the fullness of Christ. And for this, we magnify your name and we thank you for the word that we were able to read and meditate on today and that has become uh, have com- become components of our prayer. We thank you that you allow us to magnify your word above all your name in our temple, in our body. We worship before your holy temple in the temple of our body. The word that you have magnified. We thank you that you are for us today a a firm foundation, a strong foundation. Let us destroy all types of concealed deceit or maybe a harbored deceit or any kind of other thing inside of us, the old man. Allow us to be open to your word because the foundation of your throne is uh, righteousness and justice. We thank you that today you allow us to pour out our indignation with, uh, in the form of confessions, in the form of this water that would be able to destroy all uh, forms of deceit in our mind. We thank you that you make our bow strong and you allow us today the conflict that is within us by dying through the law for the law we can promote this god this uh, godly harmony within ourselves dying for our nation the house of our father and our corrupt desires we do this and we confess and we keep our bow strong and we confess your words so that the stronghold of life would be would be able to be in our bodies you allowed us to go into the city of the strong and to destroy and break down the stronghold upon which he trusts and you allow us to do this because of the teaching we hear because only because of the teaching because of your truth can you make us free from sin from the dependence of our lusts free from because the Lord is living and he is our helper who will be able to give us strength to destroy the stronghold within ourselves that the old man trusts and relies upon. We thank you for your strength that you have, that we have a strong foundation. We thank you that you see us as your holiness or your holy portion and that we have departed from all iniquity so that we may know you and confess your holy name. We thank you for your godly seal and that your godly seal is upon your righteous ones and it is placed by another righteous one and the seal of the antichrist upon the lawless is placed by the unrighteous the lawless who have lost their righteousness we thank you for the justification and righteousness which we can receive from you acknowledging your godly order 
we can't just take it when we want to, claim it as we want to, but acknowledging your words, we come to you according to your mercy, we can receive from you justification and be established in your salvation in Jesus Christ. And we thank you that you do all of this through your Son, and not just because of his name, but also the place where the remembrance of his name is. Allow us to never abandon the body of Christ and its importance. We thank you for this wonderful atmosphere of love, of love that exists within your body. And I pray that all the works of the devil be destroyed here. We thank you that you've allowed us today to put off our former way of life, which grows corrupt according to its deceitful lusts. You've allowed us to renew our mind by the spirit of our mind and to put on the new person who is created according to you, according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And we have decided to take up our cross and follow you. Follow the Lord as the perfecter, finisher of our faith. We have decided to reject what is evil and choose the good. We have decided to reject all other idols and gods that are have been present within our former way of life and serve the only one God, serve the righteous God, and to remove from ourselves all other burdening yoke. And sin that may have bound us and be established within your righteousness. And after we have decided to depart from iniquity, you have allowed us to approach your righteousness and draw near to your righteousness. And allowing us to do so, we thank you. We thank you for the garments of your salvation, for the linen that is bright and clean, for the garments of justice. Because we are crowned with the crown of the groom and adorned with the decor of a bride. We thank you that you have allowed us today in the strength of our spirit to live in perfect peace. You've allowed us to be your plant. And it is because of how we receive your truth, how we behave when it comes to your truth. We thank you for your truth, your justification that we have received freely by your grace because of the redemption of Christ and allow us everything we receive in justification or salvation that we receive as receive it as a possession in the fruits of righteousness. For this, allow us to grow by receiving your godly words which you receive, which we receive, which we uh, which you give to us in a form of a seed to grow it into fruits of righteousness. We thank you that you have allowed us in this salvation to grow our pro- our promise or the promises you've given us and to establish them, establish our promises, establish the healing. We thank you that the Son of Righteousness rises in our heart and we grow in your salvation and in this healing and in these rays there is healing for our body we pray may your son of righteousness 
rise and may our healing come for our bodies. We thank you for the word that we have heard. We thank you for our saints. Our brother Arkady and his wife Tamara, we thank you that you have blessed us with them and we pray that we also be a blessing for them with the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the successes that you have already blessed us with in Jesus Christ. May you hear. May the Lord protect us when we call to him. May he send us help from his holy habitation. May he make us strong. May he give according to our request in the heart. May he fulfill our desires and intentions that are in Jesus Christ. And we have known that you have given your anointed one, you respond to him from from your holy heavens and we receive and we thank you and we prepare our hearts when we come into your temple we prepare it to hear and not to give sacrifice we come with a humble and contrite heart one that trembles at your word may your saints be blessed that are in this place we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that the stronghold of death be destroyed in the form of the old man, and in its place, may the stronghold of resurrection be erected. We thank you that you have bore our spirit, and we pray that you allow us, being submerged into your death, to resurrect, resurrect our soul and receive our body. May it be adopted and may you rejoice over all your enemies. Show your sign that you ta- spoke about that in the last days we prayed that your victory may be able to d- uh, swallow up death and death and hell because death and hell has no more victory. We swallow up that death with the death of the Lord Jesus that is in our spirit and the resurrection of Christ which is within our renewed mind we pray that you uh, expand your grace also upon our body we thank you for this wonderful word that we were able to hear today and that we can abide in and we bless you from your holy temple where you are and where all your names are because we have magnified your word above all and we thank you for your word and we tremble before your word and we thank you for your Holy Spirit who reveals your word. May your name be blessed, our great God, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever amen and before we finish our service i want to remind us that on sunday we have communion and we have the opportunity to watch our apostles uh, sermon from the archives and so while we don't have our father here the person who is uh, who represents god's fathership we will be continuing to do the communions this way and so on sunday we will watch our pastor and he will call us to repentance and we will be able to all uh, uh, repent if there's some a need for this and of course then we will uh, do the communion let us finish with our manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to god our savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen <laughs>